The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome, everyone, to Sharp Lessons, the final Sharp Lessons of 2021. we got the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. We're talking everything college football playoffs, all the rest of the college football bowl games for the rest of the week, NFL, NBA, big show to end 2021, Nate. Yeah, it's just one episode this week, a special New Year's Eve edition, I guess. We're recording this, though. On Wednesday, kind of late afternoon, early evening, so not much. We might not have much on the NFL, and I'll have an article later on watchsame.com kind of going over my picks, but some initial thoughts on the NFL for me. But I think this episode is going to be more focused in, or at least the better analysis will be on the rest of the college football playoff schedule, or the college football playoff games with two games on Friday, and then the rest of the bowl games. Hopefully we have a lot of those games because there has been like five or six COVID cancellations. But there's a pretty intriguing slate, I believe, on New Year's Day where I kind of have a lean in every game and a best bet in one of them. So we'll go over all those games. So if you're kind of uh, laying low for New Year's like I am and need something to watch on TV, maybe there's some opportunities to make a few bets on the bowl games on Friday with the two college football playoff games. And then I believe five games on New Year's Day on Saturday before we have NFL Week 17 beginning. It's the best time of the year, for sure. You got all the bowl games. You got the fun bowl games this week with the good teams, fun betting, some fun NFL, and then the NBA as well. So it's always a fun time of year. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at StadiumBets if you want to get all the information that we put out. We put out videos as well that you can find us there. So you can get all your information at StadiumBets on Twitter. Nate, let's start. College football playoff. That's coming up. On Friday, New Year's Eve day, going into New Year's Eve. We'll start with the Cotton Bowl, Cincinnati, Alabama. Um, Alabama laying that 13 and a half. That total is at 57 and a half. And I know you've been talking the past couple weeks as this line has been out and been moving a little bit. I know you're a fan of the under in this game. Yes, I like the under. It's a play that we talked about earlier on our bowl shows with Alex and Kate. We each had them on at separate times. And when it came to bowl games and the college football playoff, if there was one bet I liked at the time, it was under 58 in Cincinnati, Alabama. It's been 58 pretty much for three weeks. And on Tuesday, we saw some money come in, I guess, on the under, just action on the under. And that moves down to 57, 57 and a half. I think 57 is pretty much the consensus number right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if it went down a little bit more. And kind of digging into this game, Alabama – They've won their last five semifinal games in the playoffs. All five of those games have gone under. I really think there is a lot of weight into giving Nick Saban a lot of time to prepare, in this case, four weeks to prepare for a group of five opponent in Cincinnati. I know an undefeated Cincinnati, but just the talent levels nowhere close to maybe some of the better teams in the country. And in this game, I could see Alabama getting out to a, a lead, an early lead, and kind of 
slowing the game down in the second half and running the ball and not showing too much, not putting too much on tape for either Georgia or Michigan, who they would face in 10 days' time if they won this semifinal game. So I think Alabama at the same time could struggle offensively without John Mechie in the lineup and having Cincinnati's star cornerback and NFL future draft pick and Sauce Gardner uh, covering Jamison Williams. So I think there's a lot of things that point to the under in this game, but I think the biggest one is just Cincinnati's offense not being able to do really anything against an Alabama defense that's had a lot of time to prepare. Yeah, you never want to bet against an Alabama team that has a lot of time to prepare. And <laughs> just them in this college football playoff semifinal, we know they've been there before. Saban been, has been there before. He knows how to handle it. He knows what his team is supposed to do. This is nothing new to Alabama. I think you have to at least side with them. They're less than two touchdowns as a favorite. You get that 13 and a half so they can win by two touchdowns in this one. But, I mean, I, I 100% agree. I think the under is probably the move. Out of any of the moves you could make, you probably would want to do the under. Maybe if you want to hit some team total unders, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world, and especially maybe that Alabama team total under um, with them missing Mechie and with the issues that they have had offensively all season long. I think an under and then an Alabama team total under would be a move I would lean toward. Would you go Cincinnati team total under two, or do you actually like Cincinnati plus the points and kind of trust that – Maybe Alabama doesn't meet expectations offensively. Yeah, I, I would. If I'm doing a team total, I think I would do an Alabama team total under the since the thing with with Alabama's defense is, I know they've had time to prepare, and I know they're supposed to be pretty good. But I was just not impressed with the Crimson Tide defensively this season. They they made a lot of mistakes. They left a lot of guys open that they shouldn't have. So I think there's a possibility Cincinnati can take advantage of that. Um, but I, I think that the fact that it's at, you know, 22 and a half right now, you can see them scoring 24 points and still losing this game, you know, like a 34, 24 type of deal, even a 37. Yeah. I, I just think in a situation like this, Alabama team total, it's at 34 and a half. You get that extra hook, you go under, maybe they get 34, you get the under there. So I think that little half with 34, I think is important for that Alabama team total. So if I'm leaning toward a team total, I go Alabama. And then another question I know we've talked about on this show about Alabama first half, and it hasn't yep. been as profitable of a bet this year as it has in some of the past teams with Tua Tungavailoa and Mac Jones. But I guess what do you avoid Alabama first half if you do think their team total goes under? Or is there a play out of those two that you like more? Yeah, that's a tough one. It's at seven, I think, right now is kind of the strong number that you're getting. Yeah, it's a little sense. bit juiced with the seven minus 115. I, I honestly, I, I kind of like that number at minus seven. I think Bama, especially since they have had all of this time to prepare, that just signals to me that I think they're going to jump out of the gate pretty fast. And I think they're going to want to jump out of the gate pretty fast. Because like you said, towards the end of this game, if they have a good lead, they're not going to want to show anything on tape. And that's advantageous to them. Saban knows that. He's been here before. He knows all the ins and outs of what he's supposed to do. I think Bama can have a double-digit lead on Cincy by halftime. I don't think that's out of the I don't think that's unrealistic to think. So I'll take that touchdown spread at minus seven. I'll take that easily. Um if it's if it goes to seven and a half, I'll have to get a good number, maybe like plus a sure. hundred on it or something like that. But I, I do like the minus seven. Yeah, so I think what I'll do here, best bet will be under fifty seven full game. If you don't want to bet that because you missed out on the fifty eight. I would maybe advise waiting until like halftime, maybe like the first possession after the second half 
to take the full game or the full game live under maybe at a better numbers than 57 because of the idea that Alabama slows it down. We saw in games, in semifinal games, and this is years ago against Michigan State, against Washington, against Kelly Bryant's Clemson, where Alabama gets out to the lead and just kind of puts a stranglehold on the game. And I think this scenario, we've seen it enough, and Cincinnati kind of fits the mold of those teams. They actually might be better than those teams, but Alabama just has such a big talent advantage and a lot of matchup advantages. So that's the way I'm looking. If you wanted to go aside, I'd lean Alabama, maybe first half over full game. You could see them maybe getting out to a lead and maybe Cincinnati getting some points at the end, garbage time. But if there was a second bet I did like in the game, I actually would do Cincinnati team total under anything 21 and a half or better. Let's talk about the Orange Bowl. Georgia and Michigan, another SEC versus Big Ten matchup. Georgia minus seven and a half in this one. 45 is the total. Now, we saw what Michigan could do as an underdog in their last couple games. We saw what they did against Ohio State. We saw them play really well against Iowa in the Big Ten championship. But Georgia's coming off a tough loss. And we, you know, they're, I feel like they're good enough at this point to really come back after a loss like that that they had and just blow Michigan out of the water. And I, I don't think Michigan, I know Michigan hasn't played a team as talented as Georgia. And they did a good job against Ohio State. And, but that was at home. It was with a home crowd. It was a rivalry game. It's what Harbaugh has prepared for basically his entire life as a head coach of Michigan. This is, this is a different animal in Georgia. This is a better defense. This is a team that can play physical with them up front. That seven and a half is, is tempting to go Michigan, but I'm a little hesitant because of how good Georgia was during the regular season. Yeah, this is definitely the toughest defense that Michigan is going to be facing so far. And because of that, I do worry about Michigan's offense, if they're going to be able to do enough through the air, because you mentioned that, you know, Ohio State, they played well, but Ohio State definitely recruits a lot better, is coached a lot better on the offensive side of the ball. And they have a dynamic offense, but in that snow, I think maybe some of the advantages of Ohio State were negated in that game. And then at the same time, Michigan's offense totally controlled Ohio State and took a lot of the, like the momentum or a lot of the, the game plan out of the game, kind of ruined the game script for maybe how, how Ohio State wanted to play. So, yeah, this is an interesting game to me. I'm curious to see where this line is going to go, because the last time we saw Georgia, you mentioned they lost to Alabama in a game with a pretty similar point spread to what we're seeing in this game. Yeah. Last time we saw Michigan, as you mentioned, big underdog against Ohio State win just over a double-digit favorite against Iowa, and they win by 39 points, I believe. So Michigan has looked good. Georgia did not look good in their last performance. So maybe a little bit of recency bias in this line because I know Georgia didn't look good in their last game, but I don't know if that deserves a downgrade where they should only be a 7.5-point favorite on a neutral field against a Michigan team where four weeks ago they were a 6.5-point favorite at close against Alabama on a neutral field, especially an Alabama team that does well in the underdog role, even though we only see it like twice every decade. So if you still believe in Georgia, I think there might be some line value on the Bulldogs, but then you have to think maybe Georgia was just very overrated against Alabama and throughout the season and maybe still overrated in this game because they didn't play the best competition leading up into the SEC title game. So it's kind of like what you want to believe and what kind of recency stuff you believe because if a total of 45, it has gone up a little bit, it's asking a lot of yeah. Georgia to cover this game. 
But at the same time, you might be getting a discount on the line if you really believe that Georgia's defense as a bounce-back performance can limit Michigan on the ground and make Kane McNamara or their other quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, beat him through there. And I know if we go back to when we were previewing the season, and I was I was previewing Georgia, and I said this is the best team that Kirby Smart has had since he started at Georgia. His recruiting right. has finally paid off. This this is the year. This was going to be the year. They either make it to the final or people are going to really start talking about Kirby Smart and the way that he coaches his football team. So I still believe that. I think Georgia can get to the national championship game. And I do think this line's a little a little messed up. I think it should be closer to minus nine and a half for something like this. Because I, I think Georgia can win by double digits. And it's one of those things where, you know, they did lose to Alabama and people saw that and they there's a lot of holes exposed to Georgia's team and maybe people lost confidence in Georgia and then Michigan goes out and destroys Iowa and then championship game for the Big Ten. So you have this number at seven and a half where honestly, I don't think Iowa's that good of a team. And we'll talk about their we can talk about their bowl game later on in the show. I think Iowa's completely overrated. And probably wouldn't wasn't the best team for Michigan to face in the Big Ten championship. And I think you're getting a little bit of an underrated Georgia team who has an old Nick Saban assistant who we know is always bad against Nick Saban when he goes against his <laughs> old assistants for the most part, except for Jimbo Fisher. But I think it's one of those things where they just play poorly. You, you, it's hard to beat Alabama. It's hard to beat your old coach that you worked for. This is a completely different team. This is a Michigan team that still has flaws who I think they can match their physicality up front. I, I think Georgia can really blow Michigan out in a game like this. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying they are going to, but if you're really feeling bold, maybe take an alternative line that's Georgia minus 9.5, Georgia minus 10, get some extra money for it and plus odds. Because I think I could see that this game going this way more than just Michigan covering. So since it sounds like you like Georgia, I think my advice in this game um, would be to wait until game time. I think a lot of the public will be on Michigan, a similar situation to when Notre Dame played Clemson once in a Cotton Bowl. And I think we talked about this with Alex, where the public drove that line to Clemson minus 10 or maybe even a little bit lower, and Clemson beat them pretty, pretty badly. I could see Michigan taking a lot of public money, and if it gets to minus 7, you might have a pretty good number with Georgia because the early money in this game came in on Georgia, got up to as high as eight and a half. Now it's come back down a little bit. It's a Friday night game. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah. The public will have their say in this line. Not many games that the public does have such an influence, but this will be one of them for sure. One of the, the Orange Bowl college football semifinal, two pretty big programs. I can see this line getting down to seven. So if you do like Georgia, I would wait for this one. If you do like Michigan, I'd grab the seven and a half now or uh, as soon as you can. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, it always seems like in these college football playoff games, there's at least one blowout that we're used to having. And you know, I don't I, don't, I, I could see the Georgia Michigan game being that blowout more than I can see the Cincinnati Alabama game being the blowout um, for a situation like this. So. I, I am on I am on Georgia. You know, I come from a family of Michigan graduates, so I'm going to be rooting for Michigan. But I have Do to go you. with my head here over the heart, and and I think Georgia, I think Georgia can really beat up on Michigan. And I think you know people we're going to see we're going to see the Harbaugh, the Jim Harbaugh that people were talking about before the Ohio State game, the coach who struggled to show up in big games, who struggles against really good opponents, who was couldn't beat a top five team 
in college football during his time at Michigan. I think we're going to see that. Michigan's going to revert a little bit back to the mean, and we're going to see Georgia progress from from what they did against Alabama is, is kind of how I'm reading this game. Yep, definitely a game I'm looking forward to watching. Not sure if oh, I'm yeah. going to have a bet before the game. Might be a live bet situation. But if it did get down to Georgia minus seven, I might just have to have a, a little bit of a bet just for some action in one of the uh, more anticipated college football games of the season. And it's fitting that it's the last real sporting event of uh, the 2021 calendar year. Yeah, it's going to be fun, I think. That, that whole day is going to be fun. Let's talk about some more picks that we have uh, yep. from – December 30th through January 4th are the games that we're going to be picking and looking at, and you have a whole list of them. I have a couple couple teams I want to look at. One of them contains my best bet. Uh, but let's start with Arkansas. Let's yeah, start so, with that Arkansas-Penn State game. Yeah, so the rest of the games I'm giving out, I know, Ben, you might have a few for Thursday, tomorrow, or if you're listening to it today. Uh, but from January 1st and then one game on January 4th, an island game, the Texas Bowl, which – you know what? If, if I probably actually put a bet that this game is not going to be played because I feel like a COVID issue is going to pop up just based on all the bad news going on. But let's be positive and look at the games <laughs> on January 1st and just kind of quickly going to run through them. I like Arkansas. They were an underdog. Now it looks like they're a favorite. Uh, Penn State has a bunch of opt-outs. I just saw before the show a fifth defensive starter opted out. Star wide receiver Jahan Dotson opted out. We talk yep. about bowl games and motivation. Arkansas, very happy to be in this game on a New Year's Day bowl in Florida. When it comes to SEC bowl tie-ins, if you're not in a New Year's Six bowl, I think being in one of these bowls like the, the Gator Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or the uh, whatever this game is in Tampa Bay, I believe it is, uh, these are big games for the program. This is the Outback Bowl. So Arkansas, happy to be there. Penn State, as you can tell by the opt-outs, Probably not excited to be there. So I would take Arkansas yep. um, minus one or better. I think this can get out to maybe like three on game day. I'm a little surprised uh, it's not more, to be quite honest. I think Arkansas is simply the better team, even if everyone was healthy. Yeah, I think you can make that argument um, just with the Penn State opt-outs. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not really sure when. It, it has moved quite a bit, though. The opener, like the first opener, was Penn State minus three. So it has moved four points, and I've noticed on the day of these bowl games, that's when a lot of the big line moves come in, I think, because you can bet more money on these games, and that's right. what ends up happening. So I'd expect some movement in maybe all these games, but Arkansas being one of them. So I'd get out ahead and bet Arkansas if you still want to uh, get on the Razorbacks at minus one. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame, going to be a best bet, minus two oh, and yeah. a half. Same. Um, when it comes to best bet, I'll let's grade it for us. Minus two and a half. There's some minus two out there. There's some cheap money line out there, like minus one thirty. So if you prefer to go that way, then go ahead. But this goes back to what we've talked about, what we wrote about Notre Dame being motivated, having Marcus Freeman get promoted from defensive coordinator to head coach, and then the Oklahoma State disappointment of being short of the college football playoff. Literally short, because on fourth down they yeah. were stopped six inches away from winning the Big 12 title. So like Notre Dame, yeah. minus two or better, uh, that's the best bet. Uh, same day, around the same time, Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Let's see what happens with this line. I don't like it maybe as much, but I'd only look towards Kentucky. I just think Iowa isn't a very good team. The perception no. is a lot better than They're the not. reality for them, especially if they start Alex Padilla, who 
was pretty awful when he started most of the games for Iowa in November. A game with a big line move, Utah against Ohio State. And the line move on Monday was pretty much six and a half across the board. We get news, uh, the announcement that wide receiver Garrett Wilson opts out for the Buckeyes. And then a few other Ohio State players opted out. And now we're down to Ohio State minus four in the Rose Bowl. I think this bet could go or line can go down a little bit more. I'm not going to suggest betting Utah at plus four because I think there was anticipation that this would happen because Ohio State has so many NFL prospects that they weren't going to play in the Rose Bowl. But I wouldn't be surprised if Utah wins this football game. So if you want to adjust Utah on your bowl pick and pools or whatever you do to make bowl season a little more interesting, I can see Utah at least covering, if not winning this game. Ole Miss, more just like a hunch. I just feel like Matt Corral's playing. Wayne Kiffin looks like he's good to go. I know probably when this bowl game was announced with Wayne Kiffin and Dave Aranda on the other side, there could have been some coaching carousel movement between both coaches, but it looks like they're staying. I'll take Ole Miss, which is, I think, the better team in the Sugar Bowl to cap off the January 1st bowl games. And then January 4th, Kansas State, it's a thing, something I bet already early on. It was in the article on WashStand.com, the roundtable that we published two weeks ago. It's up to three and a half. Maybe if it goes back down to three or two and a half, maybe take Kansas State. Although if it did go down, maybe it's because Kansas State has COVID issues. So maybe not chase that game on Kansas State, but I think they're clearly the right side against LSU and the Texas Bowl on January 4th. And I will say if Notre Dame wins by two, I'm considering that a push since I put it in the article that I wrote a couple weeks ago as Notre Dame minus two is my top pick. So I'll, I'll gladly take that push instead of the loss. But I'm, I'm with you. Notre Dame, I think, is I'm making that a best bet for me as well. I just the motivation is 100 percent on their side. Uh, they got the new coach. They seemed hype about it. And they're a solid team, and I think defensively they'll be able to be, they'll be able to play well and beat up on on Oklahoma State. Um, the two games that I wanted to look at was Michigan State, and I think this line actually moved a little bit today. They were minus three. It went down to minus two and a half, and it looks like it's back to minus three against Pittsburgh. I like Michigan State in this one. I think they've played hard all season long. They've played up to their opponents, and I think they've played exceeding expectations a lot of times, especially early on in the season when the lines were not in their favor. I think this is a situation where they can beat Pitt. Um, Pitt's going to be without their quarterback. I don't know really how super motivated they're going to be compared to Michigan State and how good of a season they've had compared to what people expected from Michigan State. So I like the Spartans. And then Tennessee against Purdue. Minus six, this line's been moving a little bit. Uh, it was minus five, minus five and a half, up to minus six. I think Tennessee is a much better team in this instance than Purdue. If everyone's healthy and no one's opting out, yeah. these teams are pretty even. But with the opt-outs, David Bell, um, Purdue's going to be missing one of their best defensive players, and I think a cornerback as well. Um, Tennessee, I think, should beat them fairly handily. And my best, another best bet I'm making, Nate, is going to be Tennessee, team total, over 36 I think Tennessee's can score 40. I think they'll at least score 38, maybe 41, 44 points. They're a high-powered offense. I think they're 12th in the country in points per play. This is a team that scores, and Purdue's defense is all right. They're solid, but uh, Tennessee, I believe, is going to blow them out of the water points-wise. So I think I think Tennessee, team total over 36 is the move in this game for me, and I'm going to make it a best bet. Yeah, and the the Purdue player I think you're referring to, George Karloftis, a defensive end. 
He yep. surprisingly to me, at least I'm not huge in the NFL draft until we get close to the draft and the draft props are released, but he's a projected some mocks to be in the top 10. So that's a big loss for Purdue, including, and then David Bell, their star wide receiver. Also, I, I like Tennessee here too. I, I actually considered having them on the list um, as potential picks. Just the line has gone up a little bit too much for me to comfortably yeah. bet. But this game is in Nashville, Music City Bowl, going to be a big Tennessee contingent at the game. And Tennessee, another team, very excited to be in a bowl game because before the season, I believe their win total was six or six and a half. It's the first year of Josh Heupel. They had a pretty good recruiting class for Josh Heupel's standards. He's not the best recruiter, but a pretty good offensive uh, schemer in, in mind. Uh, so I think Tennessee is going to be uh, the more motivated team than than Purdue, honestly. Uh, Purdue played a lot of big games in the Big Ten schedule in terms yeah. of playing top-ranked teams, and I don't think playing Tennessee in the Music City Bowl is that exciting, especially down some key players. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think this is a pretty good Tennessee win. I, I think that li- I don't think that line's going to move yeah. back in Purdue's favor, especially with all the opt-outs. So the line may not be the move, but I think hitting the Tennessee team total, Nate, I really like it. I really do. And. I don't have anything on Michigan State. I, I know that this line was about a pick 'em, and then on the same day, like right before the bowl season began, Kenneth Walker, running back from Michigan State, opted out. But at the same time, Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett opted out. Pitt was already without their offensive coordinator, who took the Nebraska jobs for the same role. So I would, you know, imagine that the backup running back from Michigan State is uh, not as big of a drop off as the backup quarterback for Pittsburgh. Although Michigan State's secondary was very poor this year. It's a little surprising yeah. for a Mel Tucker defense or Mel Tucker team because he's a defensive mind. So for me, I'm kind of conflicted on the game where if it was Kenny Pickett, definitely in. I would have liked Pitt in this game. And I believe Pitt opened as like a three or four point favorite. Yeah. So I think everything and all the opt out information has kind of been baked in the line. I just don't know anything about the Pittsburgh quarterback, so I'm not really comfortable uh, taking a stand on either side in that game, which actually that's a New Year's Six game, but it's the Thursday night before the playoff games uh, between uh, Pittsburgh and Michigan State in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, and that's followed Peach. by the uh, the Las Vegas Bowl in, uh, in yeah. Las Vegas, of course, against Arizona State, Wisconsin, so... Really hope all these bowl games are able to take place. I know we've had a lot yeah. of postponed game and canceled games and a few games moved around. It'd be nice just to have a full slate of games for Thursday, Friday, and then on Saturday for New Year's Day. Yeah, I um, I think the Michigan State one is the is the right way to go, but it's tough. You know, I, I, yeah. the Big Ten, the SEC has not done a great job in bowl games so far this season, and you know, hopefully the rest of these bowl games go well. But I, I am a little bit worried that a lot of the teams I like are favorites because that never goes well, especially in college football. But I think when it comes to bowl games, especially of this caliber and the teams and with all the opt-outs, it's, it's hard to bet on some of these underdogs because they're usually not just underdogs for a talent reason, but they're underdogs because they're missing some of their better players. So that's it's hard to like get on that train and be like, oh, they're missing you know some key defensive players, but I still think they have a chance to, to win and cover this game. It, that makes it a very hard to do. And as we talked about before with bowl games, and we'll kind of – I'll look at uh, the results from this year, but a lot of times the point spread doesn't matter. Just pick the winner. The favorites yep. end up covering. The underdog ends up winning outright. So there's a few times – 
where it's not the case, but I think in most cases, if you are leaning the favorite instead of like playing the money line at like minus 180 or maybe like a price that's a little bit riskier, we have to lay a lot. Just t- still take or giving the points um, is still a, a viable way to go uh, in bowl games. And if you like the underdog, definitely put a little bit on the money line, like I'm going to do with uh, or what I did, I guess, with Utah. So something I bet on Monday night. Let's go into the NFL, Nate. Let's look at some NFL games. It's uh, it's hard. You know, we're on Wednesday here. We don't know what the COVID issues are going to be for some of these teams come Sunday, but we're going to do our best by picking some yeah. of these games because it's a pretty big slate. As we were talking before we started recording, you got, you know, you rarely get five games that are starting around 3 o'clock Central Time. It's a full yep. slate. No Thursday night games this week. There are some intriguing matchups for sure. Um, you know, that Cardinals-Cowboys game looks like it's probably going to be a lot of fun. But you circled a couple games that you're interested in. I could talk about some I'm interested in. We can kind of have a fun little conversation. But well, what are some games you're kind of zoning in on? Because you're going to have your article coming out on Thursday, too, at WatchStadium.com for people who are interested. Um, but you have a couple teams you're looking at. Yeah, I'm going to publish that article a little bit later just because there's no Thursday night game, so I don't need to have it too early on Thursday and also because of the COVID news in the NFL, but not just the news, but the rules. I mean, yesterday they changed the rule based on the CDC guideline of the isolation period being 10 days to five days. So now you literally don't know who's playing, even if they tested positive. I think no better example is more true than the Indianapolis Colts, who looked like they were going to be without a lot of players who tested positive before the Cardinals games and were on, uh, last Saturday night and were unvaccinated, so they were going to miss this week against the Raiders. Then you add in Carson Wentz testing positive. He's also unvaccinated. But now there's a path for all those players to play because it was five days with before the game. So really confusing stuff, kind of frustrating. Um, I mean, it shouldn't be too frustrating because it's like it's just football. It's the you know health of players and the society is more important, but when you are trying to handicap NFL games and figure stuff out, it's frustrating to do a lot of, you know, research and analyze the line moves. And then it doesn't matter because a huge position group is out or something. So, you know, treading lightly with the NFL, especially this week. And Ben, as you mentioned, 15 games on Sunday, nine early five in the late afternoon, and then a Sunday night and a Monday night game. So it should be a loaded Sunday, especially after the college football um, New Year's Six game. So game I want to talk about, and I haven't picked a side yet, kind of leading towards the Chiefs, um, even though I think you can see the Bengals being a popular side this week. But Chiefs-Bengals, very big game. Chiefs have a chance to get one step closer to clinching a first-round bye and which is very important because there's only one bye this year and home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. The Bengals, if they win this game, they win the AFC North. If they lose this game, they might come down to a week 18 game against the Browns in Cleveland. So the Bengals would love them to take an opportunity to win this game at home. I think an intriguing thing for me in this game is the Chiefs getting back Travis Kelsey from the COVID list and the Bengals having trouble stopping tight ends pretty much all season long. Even last week, Mark Andrews had a field day against them with Josh Johnson as the quarterback for the Ravens. And George Kittle had a huge game. And uh, there's just other instances where the Bengals haven't been able to cover the middle of the field, and I feel like the Chiefs could exploit that. At the same time, I feel like the Bengals' offense has the necessary pieces to attack the Chiefs. Um, Interesting line here is the Bengals are a a five-and-a-half 
or five point uh, road uh, home favorite home underdog. Sorry, the Chiefs are the road favorite, five point favorite. I think this line can come down a little bit, and if it came down to like three and a half, maybe even three, I would take the Chiefs. I don't know what you think about this game, Ben, because I feel like this is one of the more intriguing games of the week, especially how it relates to the AFC playoff picture. Where if the Bengals win, they win the division. If they lose, then the AFC North becomes really wide open. Yeah, I like the Bengals. I really do. I think this is a this is a really good spot for the Bengals being home dogs. And like you said, if it gets down to you know three and a half, three for sure, I think you know you're going to see Kansas City get a lot of the money. But at plus five, I you know I kind of lean towards towards the Bengals and they looked really good against Pittsburgh and it's not hard to look really good against the Steelers but you know Joe Burrow pretty historic outing for him against Pittsburgh and I think this is a Bengals team too that plays a lot better when they're at home um and I think the stats back me up on that um for the most part um especially with the way Joe Burrow has played at home and they have won you know their last four games at home um, or excuse me, they've won three of their four games at home, I believe. So I, I think this is a Bengals team that does have an opportunity to not only cover, but probably knock off Kansas City. And this is like Kansas City that we have seen and expected to start the season and how they're scoring and how they're playing. But the Bengals at home, getting five, kind of like that number. And you're going to see a lot of people on the Chiefs. So maybe you can even wait. Maybe that gets up to plus six for the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, well, it obviously depends on COVID news. I yes. think that I think five would probably be the right number because if they get to six, there'd be money on the Bengals. If it got down mm-hmm. to three or three and a half, somehow it, there'd be money on the Chiefs. So I think you'll probably stay in that zone. But a game I'm definitely going to closely monitor throughout the week. Let's go to some sides that I actually am considering betting on. And trust me, they're not the prettiest sides, but this time of year, it's, you know, <laughs> you try to make the most of it. And, this, is, this one, is a rough side. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars plus 15 and a half, I believe the number is right now. 15, let's, yeah, plus 15, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Sorry, I kicked my garbage can for some reason, probably because I was talking about the Jaguars. <laughs> but uh, I just don't think, think the this Patriots, reaction. Yeah, I don't think the Patriots offense is, uh, is good enough to cover such a big number. I mean, the total is 41 and a half. It is a low total for that high of a spread. And, yeah, this isn't like the Bills who, like, the Bills are a team that, like, kind of bully, like, the lesser teams, and they win by big margin. And even late in the game, like, against the Panthers last week, they could have just taken a field goal or taken a knee, and they wouldn't have closed the closing number, and they end up punching in a touchdown, putting emphasis on a big win or a win to uh, to get that win over the Panthers and the cover. I, the Patriots, I don't think they're that team. They're not that offense that – it's going to put up a big number. And I think Jacksonville, now with Urban Meyer gone, there's a little bit more attraction to bet on them, even though they failed to cover the spread in the two games after Meyer was fired and they were against the um, the Jets last week and then the Texans the first week. But the Texans, they were a pretty big favorite. They were expected to win, and they failed. I think in a big underdog role, this is where I kind of want to bet on the Jaguars um, without Urban Meyer against a Patriots team that I just don't think have the offense equipped to cover this number. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to be like I'm gonna bet on Jacksonville, even if they're getting that's a that's a big number, fifteen and a half. That's a big number to get, and they're playing a New England team with two straight losses. You know, they got all their anger and frustration out on the Jaguars possibly at home. 
I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Potentially. Let's let's go on to the some other teams and another team that's been on some ugly results recently oh, yeah. and especially uh, one in front of the whole country on Sunday Night Football and the Washington yep. football team probably off their worst performance of the season. Yeah, they're definitely their worst performance of the season. Uh, maybe they had a worse performance when their defense literally couldn't stop anyone and there's been some improvements since then. But last week they got absolutely mauled by the Cowboys um, on national TV on Sunday night. Now they're hosting the Eagles. They just played the Eagles uh, when the, this game takes place in Week 17, 12 days from from that first meeting in Philly on a Tuesday night because the Washington football team had COVID issues. They're going to get back a lot of players who missed the last two games. And I just think there's a lot of pride in a, in a team like Washington losing to your biggest rival on national TV like that to bounce back and at least be respectable. Uh, Ron Rivera as a coach, I have enough respect for where I think we're going to get a better effort from them. They're catching three and a half at home against Philly. I know Philly has won. They won and covered against Washington, but Washington was starting Garrett Gilbert in that game. And then last week it took them a while to get going against the Giants. I know the scoreboard showed blowout, but it wasn't easy for the first 30 minutes for the Eagles. So I could see another slow start for the Eagles in Washington just playing a little bit of, I know their season's over, but these division games still mean a lot to them. And I can see Washington keeping this game close. So Washington plus three and a half interests me on a Sunday. Let's talk about that Cardinals game, because that was kind of the one I highlighted to start this. And I think it's going to be one of the more, probably one of the more watch games of the weekend and, and probably one of the more fun games of the weekend. Cowboys Cardinals. It's going to be in Dallas at Jerry World. Cowboys are playing really, really well. They've looked really good the the past couple of games that they have played. They're five and a half point favorites. Are you leaning towards the Cardinals now, which honestly makes sense because they've been favorites. They've been short underdogs. They've been long favorites. And now we're kind of getting them as a mid-tier underdog at five and a half. This could be the chance now that they actually get their stuff right. And maybe could even beat the Dallas Cowboys team who's pretty hot. Yeah, my decision here is if this is the buy low spot for the Cardinals. I know a yeah. lot of people thought it was last week, and honestly, based on the market, it should have been that. Um, they were as low as a pick against the Colts that Saturday night game, and then Colts' COVID stuff comes out. I believe the Cardinals close minus three. They end up losing outright. The struggles of Cliff Kingsbury teams late in the season continue. Kyler Murray also struggled last year and, and the year before later in the year. So maybe teams have figured him out a little bit. But now the Cowboys, who are coming off their best performance, maybe not of the season, but definitely in like recent go times. I mean, I think the the perception of the Cowboys actually the last few weeks was their offense was kind of struggling and their defense was carrying them. I think now might be an opportunity where the Cowboys are being priced like an elite, like one of the best teams in the league, which they could be. But I think maybe – on the other side, the Cardinals could be in a buy low spot. I'm hoping to get a plus six on the Cardinals. Not sure it's going to happen. I just think in this game, it'd be hard to bet the Cowboys because the look ahead number for this game was, I believe, Cowboys minus two and a half. So it's quite an adjustment off one week of sample size, especially this late in the year when we kind of know what every team is. Maybe the Cardinals are in complete free fall, but uh, I know the division race is probably. They're on the definitely in the you know look, look outside looking up at the Rams because they're one game back, but I still think the Cardinals are 
a viable team. They're an above-average team, and getting this many points, I think there's a potential to buy low on Arizona here. You know both you and me are very much off the the Cliff Kingsbury train. Not Cliff Kingsbury's fan. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that maybe he's not the greatest coach of all time for this Cardinals team. But I will say, as an underdog, the Cardinals are 5-0 and this season in terms of yeah. against the spread. They're a very good team when they are the underdog, and they cover very easily. And honestly, when they're an underdog, they're 3-2. and So they have even won straight up three times out of the five times they've been underdogs. So... I think this is a very good spot, and I know the Cowboys have been doing well. As you said, their defense has looked good. Now their offense has been demolishing teams, and we saw them obviously demolish um, the Washington football team. So I think this is a very good spot for the Cardinals, and I think five and a half, if you can get six maybe, if it goes to that point at some point, um, that'll be a little difficult. You're going to have to be really fast on that one, but I do think the Cardinals as an underdog on the road here is probably the right side. Um, considering how much America loves to bet the Cowboys, too, you're probably getting, like you said, this is the time the Cardinals are going to be probably its cheapest you'll ever see this season, for the most part, as long as they're not missing yeah. players. I mean, I think they were, what, a four-point underdog? Uh, or, excuse me, they were a five-and-a-half-point underdog in San Francisco, at San Francisco in early November, and they won that game. Yeah, and that was a Colt McCoy game. So, yeah. um, and, and there was a lot of other injuries. They were being very cautious, kind of, easing guys back and hoping they'd win the division and be able to have a 100% Kyler Murray for this time. Maybe the lack of play and during that period has kind of hurt him, honestly, and and maybe a few games under his belt, Murray plays well. We'll see. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals are not the team that I, I don't love the idea of betting on them, but I think mm-hmm. at the number it's worth a, worth a shot, especially since the Cowboys are coming off a signature performance on Sunday night. All right, finally, the Panthers, Nate. What do you like about the Panthers? Oh, what do I like about the Panthers? How about what do I like about betting against the Saints as the favorite? Because I've been doing it all season, and they just aren't the offense that like you could trust to cover a number. And right now I saw it no. was, I believe before recording, it was Saints uh, minus 6.5. The total is 39. So that's a big number to cover for a Saints team that – dealt with COVID problems against the Dolphins, and who knows what they're going to look like this week. And I guess Sam Darnold being announced starter today is better than Cam. I don't know. Maybe it it's a it's it a, a neutral or a neutral uh, move. It's not an upgrade or not a downgrade. Mm-hmm. But I think that Darnold at least a little bit more of a stable quarterback than Cam. I think Cam has a little higher variance. Darnold might also have a low floor, but I think it's a little bit higher than Cam. So I'm kind of interested in the Panthers, who I know they have nothing to play for, but I know Matt Rule is probably wanting to win a few games to take the pressure off or at least look respectable in this game to take some of maybe the potential pressure of him not being the coach in Carolina next year. So I'm going to fade the Saints the favorite again, and, and the Panthers are a team that I'm uh, I'm interested in betting on. I think, now that I think about it, week two of the NFL season, Panthers plus the points at home was a best bet that I gave out early in the week. So now we're full circle. And not a best bet by any means, but 15 weeks later, I'm going to advocate for the Panthers again against the Saints. A game that I was looking at um, before we just get into our best bets um, is Green Bay minus 6.5. 
think with the Adam Thielen news, I know Dalvin Cook is is going to come back. Yeah. Um, but I I just I can't bet against Green Bay at home on a Sunday night. I I think Aaron Rodgers can destroy this Minnesota defense. I think Green Bay can can cover that six and a half. And if you if you don't like a side, I would suggest going over. Um, because I Green Bay defense they've been a little bit better as as the weeks have gone on, but. I think the Minnesota offense is capable of putting up points of its own. So if you don't want to side, I like Green Bay minus six and a half, but I also like the over 47 and, and a half in this one. I think we can get 50 plus points in this game pretty easily as long as the weather cooperates. I think it's going to be cold. I know I looked at the weather, at least in Chicago, and it's by Sunday night, it's going to get into single digits. So I think the cold, it's going to be potential single digits in Green Bay. But we'll have to double check on that. I will say about that game, and, and the Vikings actually have had some recent success against the Packers, and I think a lot of it is because Green Bay, for the last few years, if there is one sh- very big deficiency of them, it's their run defense, and the Vikings have a very good running back in Dalvin Cook. I know the offensive line might not be playing as well as on paper. When you look at the Vikings' offensive line, you thought before the year they did enough to um, upgrade that unit. But if there is a game where maybe the Vikings can keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline and being cold on the sideline with a potentially um, injured toe, whatever you want to make Quite of literally that injury. Too. Yeah, so I think that Dalvin Cook maybe can be able to do what Nick Chubb did with the Browns last week and really just run the ball at will against the Packers and try to keep – um, in this case, for the Vikings, try to not throw interceptions and keep Rodgers off the field. So um, definitely a game that I'm kind of interested to see how the betting goes, because this feels like just based on the re- recent results of these teams, like this line should be Packers minus seven. But the fact that it hasn't got to seven yet, I think is pretty telling. All right, let's go over our best bets. Picks recap, if uh, yeah. if that's what you want to call it. So, Nate? Let's uh, let's start with you. Looks like you got two best bets for the coming weekend. Yeah, I'll just give out the best bets here. If you want to hear some of the picks or some of the ideas, either read my NFL article that'll be out on Thursday, WatchStadium.com, or just listen to the show and I kind of explained everything where we're at as of Wednesday night. But best bet, gonna give out the under in the Cotton Bowl, under 57 between between Cincinnati and Alabama. It was 58. Still like it at 57. If you really wanted that 58, maybe wait to bet this game live. If I think Alabama gets out to a lead and slows the game down the second half. So a second half under bet, if the game is kind of higher scoring to begin, is one way to play that game if you don't want to bet the under at 57. And then the other one, Notre Dame, Fiesta Bowl, minus two and a half, have explained on multiple podcasts and articles why I like this and the Marcus Freeman higher, I think, really motivates Notre Dame against an Oklahoma State team who's not very excited about being in the Fiesta Bowl because they almost made the college football playoff. Yep, I'm going to go right with you there. Notre Dame minus two and a half is a bet, bet, best bet for me. Pretty much all the reasons that you said motivation being the biggest. And this was one of my earliest bets that I made for, for bowl season. So I got Notre Dame minus two. It's gone up half a point. I think we're probably going to see it go up a little bit more Closer to kickoff, um, so I'm on Notre Dame minus two and a half for a best bet. Tennessee, team total over 36 against Purdue. I think Tennessee can score easily 38, 41, 44. I think they can get into the 40s pretty easily against Purdue with their high-powered offense, one of the best scoring offenses in the country this season for Tennessee. They're going to be motivated to win. They're going to be 
playing close to home. I think all the stars line up here for, for Tennessee to uh, score a bunch of points. And then my final best bet is Arkansas, minus one against Penn State right now. We saw Penn State have a couple receivers who opted out. I think Arkansas is simply the better team. I know they had a receiver opt out, but in general, they're going to have more players uh, returning for this game than Penn State is. And I just I don't really think Penn State's that good of a team. And I like the way K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas has played this season. So I'm going to take our Arkansas while they're a short favorite and minus one uh, as my third and final best bet for this weekend. Yep, sounds good. I I think that Arkansas line moves up a little bit, so I I uh, suggest or endorse that. Even though they were an underdog at one point, I think it's one of those cases where it's hard to quantify the opt outs for Penn State and that the line hasn't adjusted quick enough. Even though there has been at least some adjustment in the last three and a half weeks. So that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. We're going to be talking more football more football NFL playoffs, and, of course, more uh, NBA as well. But for now, good luck to everyone. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Have a good New Year's, and we will see you in 2022.